This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. A series of powerful explosions was reported near the Novo-Ferrovka military airbase in Russia-controlled Crimea. The blasts were confirmed by two local officials, although their cause is not yet known. Crimea, a peninsula of land in southern Ukraine, was annexed by Russia in 2014. The site of the explosion is some 200 kilometers away from the front line of the war. Donald Trump was dealt another blow following the FBI raid of his Florida estate when a federal judge on Tuesday ruled that the House of Representatives could request his tax returns. Meanwhile, leading Republicans denounced the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Kevin McCarthy, the most senior Republican in the House, vowed to investigate the Justice Department should his party take control of the chamber after the midterm elections. Taiwan's foreign minister warned that China was using military drills around the island, quote, to prepare for the invasion of Taiwan. Speaking at a press conference on Tuesday, Joseph Wu said that regular exercises could be used as an, quote, attempt to wreck the long-term status quo, but that Taiwan would not be intimidated. On Tuesday, Taiwan conducted its own defensive drills. President Joe Biden signed documents acknowledging America's desire to expand NATO by admitting Finland and Sweden. The two Nordic countries need members' unanimous support in order to join the military alliance. NATO has 30 members, and more than 20 have already signed on to the expansion. Finland and Sweden applied for membership after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. App Lovin, which makes software for advertising in mobile apps, offered to buy Unity, another software maker which mainly makes tools for designing games, for $17.5 billion. Unity's stock, which has plunged in recent months, jumped on the news. App Lovin's stock, meanwhile, fell by more than 10%. Seoul was battered by the worst storm to pass through South Korea's capital in 80 years. At some points, nearly four inches of rain were falling each hour, submerging street-side vehicles, roads, and subway lines, and knocking out much of the city's electricity supply. At least eight citizens died in the chaos. Serena Williams, one of the most successful tennis players of all time, said she will retire, probably after the U.S. Open finishes in September. Miss Williams said she will now concentrate on her family and her venture capital firm. The 40-year-old player has won 23 Grand Slam championships. And fact of the day, $10 billion. The amount of venture capital funding for American aerospace and defense startups in 2021. Triple 2019's figure. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Inflation down, but not out in America. After months of soaring inflation, America may get a partial reprieve. In data for July, due out on Wednesday, consumer prices are expected to have risen by about 8.7% year-on-year, down from a four-decade high of 9.1% in June, 
that is likely to prompt discussion of whether America has finally passed peak inflation. The details of the data may be more sobering. The fall in oil prices, down more than 10% in July from June, will probably account for much of the headline decline in inflation. Take out volatile food and energy costs, and inflation probably accelerated. Moreover, nominal wages are also still rising strongly, generating yet more upward pressure on prices. Markets had hoped the Federal Reserve might be able to slow the pace of its interest rate increases, but with inflation like this, it may not want to let up. Republicans rally around Trump. The raid may have been shocking, the response was not. On Monday, the FBI searched Donald Trump's Florida estate, reportedly part of an inquiry into whether the former president had mishandled classified material after leaving office. The raid could suggest that evidence of a federal crime lurked in Mr. Trump's estate. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is not one for taking bold steps based on whims. This is only one of many legal threats Mr. Trump faces, yet it may help unite Republicans around him. After the raid, Republican congressmen vowed to investigate the investigators, should the party win a majority in the House of Representatives at the midterms in November. Mr. Trump called the raid a, quote, weaponization of the justice system, intended to derail another potential presidential bid. His enduring political influence is already visible in Republican primaries across the country. According to Politico, a news website, insiders think the raid will, if anything, accelerate Mr. Trump's decision to run again in 2024. Europe bans Russian coal. The European Union's ban on imports of Russian coal agreed in April as part of its fifth package of sanctions, takes effect on Wednesday. One of the world's biggest exporters of the black stuff, Russia supplied around 70% of the EU's imports of thermal coal, used to generate electricity, and 45% of all coal imports last year, according to Bruegel, a think tank in Brussels. Yet coal matters less to the Kremlin than gas or oil. Of the 94.3 billion euro, 96.5 billion dollars, that the EU spent on Russian fuel last year, just 5.3 billion euro, 5.4 billion dollars, went on coal. Ukraine's government would like the EU to go much faster restricting other fuel sources. But a planned embargo on oil will come fully into force only next year and the EU has so far imposed no restrictions on Russian natural gas at all, other than asking its members to use less of it. Instead, Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, is cutting gas exports to try and blackmail Europe into relaxing sanctions. A Cruel Summer for Tui While much of Europe basks on summer holiday, Tui the travel giant that will have organized many of those trips, will on Wednesday report results for the second quarter of 2022. They are expected to show a strong surge in revenue and bookings, 
fueled by pent-up demand after two pandemic-stricken years. But that does not mean bosses at TUI's headquarters in Hanover can relax. The German firm, which owns 1,600 travel agencies and five airlines, has not yet recovered from the ravages inflicted on the travel sector by the pandemic. It has struggled with irate customers upset by this summer's travel chaos, as thousands of flights were delayed or canceled. And looming recessions in Germany and Britain would hit the group hard. Further turbulence could come from the departure of Fritz Jusen, the group's chief executive, who announced his resignation in June after a successful 10-year stint. His successor will take over a ship that is yet to be steadied. The Chess Olympiad Concludes In Mahabalipuram, a sleepy Indian town some 40 kilometers from Chennai, over 2,000 players from 187 countries have been battling in the Chess Olympiad, the game's top international team event. As the teams depart on Wednesday, Uzbek and Ukrainian players will be particularly happy. They won the men's and women's categories, respectively. As rooks and knights jousted on the chessboard, there was action away from it, too. On August 7th, Arkady Dvorkovich, a former Russian deputy prime minister, was re-elected as the president of the International Chess Federation, which organizes the Olympiad, winning a landslide victory over Andriy Barishpolets, a Ukrainian grandmaster. Mr. Dvorkovich's re-election is controversial, though he initially decried Russia's invasion of Ukraine, an action described as a, quote, national betrayal by a Russian MP. He later released a statement praising his country's soldiers. Russia now calls him, quote, our candidate. For all that, despite Mr. Dvorkovich's position, his countrymen are still banned from the Federation's competitions. Soft power only goes so far. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which novelist wrote Heart of Darkness, a book loosely adapted as the film Apocalypse Now? Tuesday. Which Maine-based retailer, founded in 1912, is famous for its outdoor clothing and equipment? Finally. Here's the quote of the day from Kim Wall, who died on this day in 2017. I want to know how the world works, and I hope that I maybe one day can learn enough to make a difference. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.